1: He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
2: Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer your questions so you're not left on the line. But we'll answer your calls offline. We always do. So, this is an interactive call-in show where you uh, have the questions. We've got the answers. The top two, top three. Should you get that car? Shouldn't you get that car? Do you have that car already and you need to sell it because it's going to be a problem, child? We've seen a bunch of those so
3: good cars bad cars any yeah, car any car any I'm, car basically
2: yep i'm bob and Kyle's sitting next to me as always we are buchanan service centers 50th and dodge 80th and dodge guaranteed brakes 49th avenue and dodge if it breaks and suspension do it right the first time so you know kyle it's we had the first frost
3: yeah yeah that yep. was
2: those of you who just got up, up
3: on me i <laughs> Been neglecting the weather lately. And
2: <laughs> well, everybody's worried about winterizing. A and reminder. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it just it feels good. It's what it was. It did better than what it was outside. So it's just a little bit of a frost. But you know, coming that is that we're getting closer to winter, mm-hmm. and you got to do the. Uh, so it's time for you to look into. And we've had some mild winters, so you know maybe you're not as as. Uh, You just kind of forget what to do a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's been pretty tame around here, Mm -hmm. I mean, compared to what it could be.
2: I think the Farmer's Almanac says that it's going to be a little rougher this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, it it is what that is. You don't know, but it it says that every year, and we'll have to see what, eh, you know, it goes up and down every year, so we'll have to see what goes on, but... You know, the first thing that I have noticed is uh, just in this last few days where it's starting to even get a little bit colder, I've, I've seen an uptick on batteries. You know, I mean, the previous couple of weeks where everything was kind of 70s, we didn't sell a bunch of batteries. Now all of a sudden, you know, got 10, 12 sitting over there.
3: I haven't just, seen the batteries yet, but you know what I have done three of this week that you don't normally see? Intake gaskets.
2: Well, yeah,
3: get these cars coming in with this lean code, and I'll look at freeze frame. Just what's the engine temperature? Thirty-seven degrees. Yeah. Huh. So Warms what? Warms up, it goes away.
2: So what that means? What Kyle is trying? To, what he's saying is that these gaskets that were all just used to be paper gaskets and bolted together, and you never really had that problem, are now O rings, and a, a, every O ring starts off as an O ring and nice. turns into a flat ring. Yeah. Every time.
3: They get cold and then you got a hard ring.
2: Yeah, then you got a hard ring. (laughs) Then, over a period, as everything shrinks and the metal shrinks, now air is getting sucked into an area on the intake manifold that it shouldn't go into. It needs to, all the air needs to go through the air filter and through the throttle body. That way, that's how it's designed. And that's how the engineers said we can adjust all the fuel accordingly. And if it doesn't go through that and starts leaking through at a different spot, Check engine light comes on. You need Um, to find
3: a guy like us. Yeah,
2: you need to find a guy like us to solve that problem. New O-rings and seals generally pretty much always solve that particular problem. Yeah. You know, and they've started using those seals, too, to seal water pumps and timing chains. Basically
3: everything on the engine.
2: Yeah, they have kind of turned it over to just about everything on the engine. And again, everything that was... an O-ring turned to a flat ring, turned to a hard ring, yeah, uh, now fuel
3: lines, everything. I mean, yeah,
2: turn into a leaking ring. So
3: you take yeah. a fuel line apart, and then it comes down to this little tiny ring, the size of a pencil, and that's between your car and <laughs> the fire department being there.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of yeah. truth to that. There is, the, and you know, most of your recalls you see out there. Um, I have a lot of specific things, but if you look down at the very bottom, we'll have something to do with fire and a fire hazard. Yeah. Which usually grabs most people's attention.
3: That's always at the bottom of the page. At the top of the page normally says something like, oh, disconnect negative battery cable. Yeah. Well, that's the first step. Before so, you do anything. Before yeah. you change the oil, you got to disconnect the battery. Yep. They don't yep. want the battery hooked up.
2: Yep. That's the first step in every book, disconnect the negative battery cable. And that's, yeah. you know, maybe the safe thing.
3: Before reading this book, disconnect your negative battery cable.
2: And then and once then you don't even
3: want you reading the book without that disconnected.
2: No, and then <laughs> once you're done with the repair, you got to figure out how to get your radio back on because you.
3: Then you got to set the clock, and you got to yeah. go through. Yeah,
2: yeah, we don't do that. No. Unless we have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. And we've had to do that, for sure. All right, we got a few calls. We're going to head over to Frank. Frank's got a 2010 Honda Accord. Frank, what's going on with the Honda?
4: Well, uh, I noticed earlier in the summer um, the panel on the Accord uh, where the you select heating or defrost and all that. The three uh, tabs on the on the right, which are the front windshield and the back windshield and that stuff. The little lights didn't light up at night. Now, when you would touch the air conditioning thing, it would light up and the air conditioner would work. But when I'm touching the thing that's supposed to give you the bi-level or uh, just the feet or just uh, it doesn't seem to be kicking in so that I think that dampener door is not moving. How difficult is that to mess with?
2: Hmm. So you're saying the the lights don't light up at all, or I mean, like we got no, no, just
4: just the three on the on the far right, which were the def- rear defrost, front defrost, and the AC button. Now the AC button will light up when you turn on the air
2: conditioner. Sure, okay, that's normal. All right, but then
4: there's there's like four or so buttons to the left of that, and they direct how the air is flowing. So whether it's coming in at you know, uh, chest high or down at your feet or splitting
2: both right. ways. Right, your mode doors. Yeah. You're, you're,
4: yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's like those doors are not getting activated. Everything's coming out the center. Uh, mm.
3: Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, that, that actuator is right behind the glove box. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you pull your glove box out, and then as you're looking at it, it'll be off to your left on the side of the actual heater box there and you know start the car start pushing buttons see if you can see this thing moving right if you see it moving and nothing's changing something inside the box is broken if you don't see it moving okay. odds are i mean we do a lot of those actuators not a lot of control mo- units anymore but right not to say that that's out of the question but yeah,
2: you've either got a control head bad or you've got a blend um, you don't know, actuator. Yeah, uh, blend door actuator motor bad. And like you said, if you press the button you can see things moving. Well the lights okay. have just burned out. And that's a control head. And if uh, if it's you're pressing that button and nothing's moving inside there, you probably got a blend door motor. I mean you could have some wiring in between, but that's pretty unlikely. All right. But that's the first place to start. And you know, I, I agree with Kyle. Those, those control heads just don't go bad that often.
3: Not on a Honda.
2: No, no.
3: Possibly. All right. So mo-
4: more than likely, then, it's the actuator?
3: Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Just get that glove box off. Take a look at it. I mean, you can even go so far as to remove it from the car and move the door by yourself, you know, just to make sure that nothing inside there is broken. But I bet it's just that.
2: Is that car too old to be able to hook up with a scanner and, and see if codes are in it? Hmm.
4: It has it has a scanner uh, uh, input uh, underneath the the you're talking underneath the,
3: the yeah, steering yeah. wheel. Yeah, they all got yeah, that.
2: They, they all have that, but in in certain in shop in shop level uh, scanners, like what we have, we're able to go in and not only see what the check engine lights on about. But we're able to check communications, and, and there's oh I see. there there's a hundred plus different codes that could be, and you got some for the heating and air conditioning, so it might okay. be kind of in that era that you may not be able to get into, but a garage may be able to get into and take a look.
4: Yeah, because it's a 2010 and it's a LX, so it's not yeah it's not got a lot of bells and whistles on it.
2: So. Well, and that don't matter. It's it's all about what the manufacturer put in for the technician to be able to check things.
4: All right. Okay. All right, we'll look at that tomorrow. All right.
2: Sounds Today's good, Frank. Appreciate the you. call, you bet. All right, five five eight eleven tens, the numbers to get in. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute.
1: Can't get a ride, can't drive to school. Oh folks say man you ain't cool. Down the street, I'm the car next door. I'm the fix you've been waiting for. Hello, Daddy. Hello, mom. I'm your ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch Chevy Corsica. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. I'm your ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch Chevy Corsica. Chevy Corsica. My interior is practical. When it comes to safety, man, I wrote the rules. I may not be sexy, and I'm no fun. But hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your ch 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 chevy Corsair Hello, world. I'm your wild car. I'm your ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-chevy Corsair car. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Professionally fixed right and fixed on time. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are right here. Weekdays from 11 to 2 on News Radio 1110 KFAB.
2: Okay. We are back on the Mister Mechanic show. Five five eight eleven tens, is the numbers to get in. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about batteries. Batteries are kind of coming up here a little bit. Here's something else we're going to talk about too: tires. There's some tire rebates going on out there. This is about that time of year where they come out. Tire time. Tire time. And uh, my advice is: do your tires before. Don't wait till the last minute.
3: No, because everybody else does.
2: Everybody else does. They're not going to get in so quick. They're not stocking as many as they were um, back pre-pandemic. So uh, if you wait, you're going to get what you get. So we do tires at Buchanan Service Center. 50th and Dodge and 80th and Dodge. Stop in and we'll help you out. A lot of tires. A lot of tires. We do a bunch. We're going to head over to Bob. Bob's got an 03 Hyundai Alondra. Bob, what's going on today?
5: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Heck, I'm... It's the first front wheel drive I ever had, and uh, I've, I've wrenched on, you know, like tie rod ends and stuff on regular cars. That uh, Can a CV joint cause loose symptoms like uh, a tie rod end when it's going bad? Can you get play and cause the wheel to suddenly dart to the right or left and make the car feel uncontrollable temporarily?
3: Mm. Not generally. No. I mean, if it does, you're going to get a lot of racket and noise yep. along with it.
2: Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be like, what was that? What's that noise that's going noisy. on there?
5: It'd be noisy if it's a CD, wasn't it?
2: Generally, yeah. And for it to pull one way or the other, it has to be almost locked up or stuck. And oh. so when you're turning one way or the other, that it just can't, it binds. But again, it's going to come right back to making noise again. So, yep. so this car just feels loosey-goosey? Is that kind of what it is?
5: Yeah, it's just you're going straight down the road like that bumpy L Street, you know, and then, okay, it seems okay, and then all of a sudden it just feels like the right wheel, I think, or something just yanks, almost pulls you in another lane, and then goes back and jerks, and then all of a sudden it's just smooth as heck.
3: All right, here's what I want you to do. Get your jack out, jack up the front of this car, climb underneath there, and see how rusted that subframe is. Grab both wheels, shake them inside, outside. Those ones, the control arms, like to rust really bad, and they'll come off of the subframe.
2: Yeah. Oh. So oh, get
3: underneath really? there, lift that car up, see what shape your subframe's in. Right. Okay. That's like the A-frame parts, right? Right. The whole frame. It's a big square that goes yeah. underneath your engine, all your suspension bolts to it. Oh.
2: That would make a okay. lot of that'd make a lot of sense why things are popping back into place, and all of a sudden they pop out or move around and that's why it's kinda of uncontrollable. You oh, know yeah, uh, that's
5: amazing you guys can you know just pick that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, because like a tie rod end, it would be wobbly all the time, right? Yeah. I mean and until it
2: pops out. Right. Right.
5: Oh. That's amazing. Uh I know already better. I yeah. I, I thank you so much you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I love the
3: Get that checked out.
2: Yeah. Appreciate the call, Bob. Yeah, the you know a lot of things are rusting like that, especially when it's everything's fine and then everything goes to heck, and then all of a sudden it's fine again. There's something moving in that front end. Yeah, you know, and oddly enough too. That era
3: of Hyundai, we're I've common. Seen a bunch of them,
2: <laughs> we're common too. The other thing that will cause kind of weird steering in the front is what you've hit in the rear yeah so if you come Causes around it's a
3: dog track next yep. thing the trunk's passing you on the highway yeah
2: the and- <laughs> next thing you know you try to change lanes and the rear end is not going straight it's kind of going in a, in a wonky angle a little bit yeah. and next thing you jump over he goes over a speed bump or whatever uh hole in the ground pothole and everything jumps from one side to another so the rear end can be out of whack and usually in a, an alignment we'll take a look at that unless it's really bad then you can see it by the naked eye but uh, mm-hmm. usually a a good alignment and that's what i was going to suggest to him is is uh, bring it by check the front end we'll you know look at that see what's loose maybe do an alignment and that'll tell us what else because we've had several cars where the rear is out and causing things to jump all over the road so all right we're going to head over to rich rich got a 14 dodge ram rich what's going on today
4: Uh got a question for you i brought the vehicle in for some uh to the dealer for some uh, recall things, and they came back with a, identified a leak in the rear main seal,
6: mm-hmm. and
4: I'm not seeing any spots in the driveway, I'm not seeing any oil spot leaks or anything like that, so I don't think it's it's a major leak at this point. Right. My question is, what's your opinion of, of adding some of those uh, rear main sealer products?
2: Um... <laughs> First thing I'm doing is I'm crawling underneath the car to see just what a leak it, it looks like. Is yeah. it is it damp or is it actually hitting a hitting a brace yeah, or a frame? Discolored and
3: just colored with some dust on it. I'm not worrying about no, it. No,
2: not at all. Am I putting mechanic in a can in it to solve that problem? No, I'm not. Because it's it's not going to swell just the rear main seal. It's going to swell, swell all the seals. every one of them. It's going to swell every one of them. All right. So... Well, yeah,
3: before I added it, up, make sure.
2: Yeah, put uh, put that on a scale of one to ten. That's kind of what we do. You know, uh, one that's just kind of damp. Ten is you can't keep oil in it, and you got a bucket in the back. That kind of thing. You know, yeah. so then somewhere in between. You know, that's what that's what I would do.
3: Yeah, and I'm on the lower end of that because I'm not seeing any
5: spots at all.
2: So no, that you Easy could have fix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could have a problem with that. You know, in two months, you could have probably that in five years. So, no. Right. No. Keep the mechanic it, in the it's can It's only out. got
3: 81,000 miles on so. Yeah. Yeah, leave yeah. it
2: be. Leave it be. All
4: right. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You bet, Rich. You bet.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, and every car is going to leak something. It's just a matter of what and uh, at what degree do you yeah. tear, it, tear it all down and spend $1,500 for to might as well just wait.
3: Yeah. Remember that Mazda pickup I had? I mm-hmm. mean, when I parked somewhere and it didn't leave a puddle, that's when I knew to check the oil. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, leaks can be helpful. Wait a well, second.
2: Yeah, you know you can easily do that. You just go out and buy yourself a clean pan and just yeah. recycle it. Just when you park it, park it underneath. You know, I had put thought it in a about that.
3: I was, you know, looking at, you know, a big pan for underneath the truck. Right. And, you know, maybe get like a fountain pump or something just to circulate it back in. It's an easy
2: way to 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 oil down your gravel road too
3: yeah external Our, oil system
2: <laughs> that's exactly all right we're gonna go over to jake jake's got a 2003 Ford excursion jake what's going on
4: well uh I, when i turn on the fan ac or heater uh it, nothing happens until i'm at the highest setting and then it, it turns on
3: sounds like you need a resistor
2: yep i would agree Blower resistor is what we're talking about Climb so,
3: underneath your dash, pull the connector off it, make sure it isn't burned up and fried. Right. And you should be good to go.
2: So, okay. so here's what's going on with that. If you got, if do exactly what Kyle said, and if you pull it apart and that resistor's bad, if it's melted, you got to fix more of the wiring. But what causes the resistor to go bad is the amperage that the blower motor gives it. So if your blower motor is giving it too much amps, it will eventually just kind of burn that out. So you can just go in and replace the resistor and move about your day, or you can say, I'm going to put a resistor and a blower motor in because that's usually what happens. And, and the resistor can just go out on its own if all the, the electronics are look okay and it's not melted. So that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind what usually causes that problem.
4: Okay. Now, this
3: did I missed. Jake, you're breaking up.
4: Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, where Where is this resistor located?
3: Passenger side of the car under the dash, close to the blower fan itself.
2: Right, right about where the okay. passenger's feet would be, that their, their toes would be pointing right up at it.
4: Okay, thank you. And can I ask one other quick question or not? Sure. Okay, uh, the interior lights uh, for the... Uh, uh, for the where it's telling you mileage and up above, they, those have been off forever. You know, there's some kind of green light. Uh, how many miles to empty and all that stuff? Is that related to this at all?
3: No, no, not at all. Well,
4: so, well then we'll handle that some other time. I've you know I've had it for 200,000 miles. I'll just keep pressing on. But yeah. I need I need a blower, motor.
2: Yep, yep. Blower motor resistor, call us back when you're ready to do the other. We'll help you through that, too. Be an easy fix. Okay,
4: thank you very much.
2: You bet, Jake. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110, and we'll be back in a bit.
1: The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha from local and national news to podcasts and videos from our hosts connect with news radio 1110 kfab on facebook all right we are back on the mister mechanic show
2: 558 five, 1110 the numbers to get in we're going to get right into the calls we got a full bank we want to get to everybody randy randy has a randy you got a car that it was flooded Hi, yes. How you doing? Good.
7: Uh, yeah, my niece has a Hyundai Elantra. I believe it's a 15. I'm not really sure of the year. They, um, my brother bought it for her, brand new. She's the only owner. It's always been dealer service. It was a pretty good car, but they live in Southwest. She lives in Southwest Florida, and he lives there part-time. And it got flooded in the storm, and the water got up as I understand it above the console, and just kind of touch the bottom of the dash so it didn't get all the way up into the gauges. Now, is that worth salvaging, and how bad would it be? Can you even try to start it like that? Because a lot of the electronic stuff in the engine, like the uh, the fuse box and stuff, is going to be high enough that it might be okay. But I know if it gets up over the hood, it's pretty much gone. Is it worth trying to salvage this? Because the insurance company, because the car is so old, they're not gonna give them a lot of money for it
2: right right well and you know, uh, it all depends on what it got into I mean what you're gonna to have to do is uh, engine wise is you know pull the air filter up and make sure there's you know there's not a bunch of debris in that because it'll come up in there you want to pull the spark okay. you want to pull the spark plugs out you know make sure that any water that's could have gotten in there, can get released when the pistons go up and down. Otherwise, you'll bend a rod and, and you know blow the motor up. Um, yeah. As far as the electronics on the inside, boy, there's not a heck of a lot you can do except for open the doors and stick some fans in it and just Try let to
3: it dry it as much as you can. And
2: yeah, because it's going to get into the computer. I mean, which is a printed circuit board, which is you know it's all covered in in uh, stuff that it won't rust away right away. Um, well, but, keep
7: in mind, it's salt water that got in there.
2: Yeah, and I it's know.
7: Right by This it, is brackish water. It's eventually, that salt's going to get everywhere. It's, it's it, going to. It, it,
2: it, but you can try it. I mean, really, the only thing you're going to do is let it sit and dry out, put some fans in it and dry it out. If it starts and runs and goes and you've got a few lights on and, and it's actually salv- salvageable enough to drive, then you've got something. And the only thing you really got into it is yeah. time. Should you, should you
4: dra-
7: drain the tank, drain the oil, obviously, all that stuff, drain the gas tank, and oil, everything, take uh, the uh, transactional fluid out, all that, right? I
2: don't know if you got to drain the gas tank. If the, if that the, should
3: be pretty well sealed.
2: It should be pretty well sealed. The oil should be fairly well, except for you might want-
7: That's what I keep telling them. That's what I keep telling them. They're worried about this. All this is No, it's sealed up. Nothing should have soaked in it. It wasn't there for very long.
8: Yeah. You, you uh,
7: guys... You guys you guys should know and your listeners should know because you said take it air it out. I live in Phoenix, and there are – I see car hauler after car hauler, hauler driving to this lot in, in not far from downtown Phoenix. There's this big lot that's been thin and they bring in flood cars, and they open up all the doors and the hood and the trunk. And they, they have a guard there. It's a fenced-in lot, and they sit there and they air cars
2: out in southern Arizona. Yeah, because it's dry, dry and it out. gets it gets dry and it gets excruciatingly hot there, and uh, it just does yeah. it naturally. But the salt yeah, water they,
7: they dry them out instantly, it's and it's an industry. People don't realize yeah. that anytime you buy a flood car, it probably came from Phoenix, and if they retitled it there, you're buying an Arizona
2: car that got soaked. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, and, you know, the oil could, could have gotten contaminated, and, and it may or may have not. You're okay. air on the side of caution and drain it out. I mean, the, you'll know right away because uh, the water is, is heavier than the oil, and it'll come shooting out of the drain plug first before you even get close to the oil. So mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, the dipstick should show a little bit of it because that'll turn right a little bit, right? right? Yeah, well, it should be full, and if it's over full by about, you know, if it's about three inches up the stick, then you know you got a problem. Yeah. So, and then you got a
7: problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you just got time into this. And if you got nothing else to drive and they're not going to give you nothing for it, you know, sure, try it. Try it. Well, the,
7: yeah. I mean, if they're just going to give you salvage, if you can buy the thing back for salvage value for 500 bucks or something like that, then it might be worth doing. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And you can drive it till such time as it has bigger problems and the salt's eating away something and you can move on to the next thing, you know. <laughs> Okay.
7: Hey. Sounds, like a, sounds like Sounds like some options there.
2: Yep, sure does. Appreciate the call, Thanks Randy. Thanks. You bet. All right, we're going to head over to Gary. Gary's got an 06 Honda Accord. Gary, what's going on? Um,
8: for years, I've been struggling with the air conditioner in this machine. Um, it, when you turn it on, it's running. It'll put out hot air. And if you turn the air conditioner selection, the temperature control, all the way down to as cold as it will go and then turn it up it'll actually kick in the air conditioner what's going on with that
3: hmm all right. some kind of a malfunction <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> and that is coming from behind the dash so 06 is kind of right around the cutoff point did the did they use cables did the was it all electronic controlled um
8: so what i hear you saying is just put up with it it still works fine it's just an irritant
3: yeah well so i'm gonna bet that there's something with that control head yeah
2: i I was just gonna kind of so when it goes down to 60 it seems like it works okay but kind of in the middles is where it has a problem
8: No, if you leave it up where it's comfortable, like 72, and you drive it, and then you turn it off overnight, you get back in it the next morning, uh, and it starts up, and it will start putting out hot air again. But you just turn it down to as low as it can go until cold air comes out, then turn it to wherever wherever you're comfortable. It works fine.
2: Yeah, and I I agree with you, Kyle. This has got more of a control head issue. So what's Mm -hmm. happening is we know – if it's going full sweep here, it's going hot and it's going cold. We know, we know the, the door works. Yeah, we know the door works. We know that the electronics going to the door works because it's going hot and cold on you. So once it right. sets down, the the control head is just going to a default mode, and default on that is hot.
3: I want to look at the trigger, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I want to see where this thing's triggered.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of there's probably more to it than that, but if I have to boil it down to you're pressing buttons to make this work, we know that works, which is a, with the uh, which is the actuator, it's it's the buttons or the control head. So, yeah, that'd be the first place I I'm, I'm going to look at and probably replace. And you can okay, get probably get a good head. used one out there too. I mean, go go to the U pull it 506 Honda Accord, and, and uh test out your sure. theory.
8: Sounds great. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate
2: it. You bet. Electronics are goofy.
3: Aren't they fun? <laughs> Aren't they fun?
2: You know, what engineer probably decided, and maybe he did or maybe he didn't, decided that if it's going to be a default, it's going to be hot. Well. That guy lived in maybe he was a.
3: Alaska he, or something. Yeah, he was an engineer yeah, from Alaska. And if our mode door should break. It's got to go to defrost.
2: Yeah, got to go to defrost, got to be hot. All the safety features. Maybe that guy in Arizona is is defaulting everything to cold because it's hot down there. Who knows? Yeah. All right, 558-1110 five, five, is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at BuchananService.com.
2: All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Five five eight eleven ten. the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. You've passed us several times this week, I'm sure. So stop in, see us. All right, we're going to head over to Josh. Josh's got an F 150. Josh, what kind of problem do you got going on today?
6: So Actually, it's a, it's a 1965 F 100.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
6: Um, so when I bought it, uh, I knew it had some transmission issues in it, and it had a T5 and a 302 put into it. Obviously, not original. Okay. Since I've owned it, I've put two new T5s in it, and I can't get more than about a uh, 500 miles out of it before the transmission's just done. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm kind of looking for the direction that you know i should probably look on this on why uh why i'm running into the issue that i
3: am okay so are you buying new transmissions or are you just getting yeah. used ones
6: brand new tramics each time
3: hmm okay so what's going bad in them is it the front bearing um is your case breaking
6: it's it's uh it just it's getting uh, a lot of metal filings into it, and it's just losing all sorts of power um, in fifth gear.
3: So um, your, transmission, trying to end up going up. your transmission's essentially eating itself alive then? Correct. So first thing I'm going to do is look at the bell housing of this, take your transmission off. Is this actually a T5 bell housing or... Is this a Saginaw Bell housing that somebody's put a T5 on without an adapter? Because they will go. And if that's the case, I mean, you're when you're jamming this transmission in there, you're putting your input shaft at an angle and turning this thing into a blender. So, I mean, look at that. Um, that's one thing to do. Make sure you're running the correct fluid in this thing that it wants. I mean, a manual transmission, I mean, there's not really a lot to it, especially that one
2: yeah it's almost like the input shaft's going in too hard and it's pushing against the bearing mm-hmm. on on the on the input shaft so hard that it's just eventually eating that bearing up and off it goes I mean for example yeah that's kind of what and
3: I've seen this with those a lot when guys switch them over because I mean just because it's a t5 and it bolts up I mean it's a very universal transmission everybody's used it I mean it doesn't yeah. mean that it won't bolt to something else. So, right. I mean, there's a fair amount of measuring involved in this as well, and it can get to be grueling, but yeah, you, it has to be done.
2: Yeah, and you may you may not have the – when you're pulling it tight, it may need to have yeah, a
3: you – Yeah, you won't even recognize it. You know, you can even get under there with a ratcheting wrench and still have this thing on a bind that could be sacrificial to the transmission. Yeah. And, I mean, okay. are, do you have the right pilot bearing in this flywheel – I mean, look at all your basic stuff, right? Pilot bearing. Is your alignment good? Is there a doubt? Yeah, the
6: last. Sorry, the last time I did replace the transmission, we replaced the throw, we put a hydraulic throwout bearing and a new pilot bearing in.
3: Okay, cool. Um, And uh, the other thing to look at, um, make sure that this drive shaft is correct for this truck. I mean when your trucks going down the road are you bottoming out this tail shaft and in, into the output shaft of the transmission
2: yeah and forcing yeah. the yeah. Go, going from the other end
3: forcing all those bushings to slam into each other I mean
2: yeah when you go down okay. and, yeah so you got to have a drive shaft should be able to slip back and forth and if it's depending on how easy it is to get that drive shaft in and out of there if you if you put a drive shaft in and, and you're pushing the drive shaft all the way forward in order just to barely get the u-joints in
3: you don't have enough room you don't have you're enough bottoming room you're out that tail shaft
2: yep exactly There's that's, be, okay that's got to be more room in there and i couldn't tell you exactly it's been a lot of years since i've done that but it's you can take it to places depending
3: and can, on your suspension travel on a truck like that i would imagine you're pretty tight i mean an inch and a half to two inches wouldn't seem to be an unusual amount of slip yeah it wouldn't in be your yoke yep it wouldn't be some a, of them, I mean, are a mile long, but Yeah,
2: and if you lower the vehicle down, all of a sudden you've taken that two inches completely out. Yeah. Or you've raised the vehicle and you've taken that two inches away sure. and now it's just barely hanging on to the end. But I don't think that's I don't think yeah. that's your issue. So
3: you want to make sure that that's got slip. I mean, let's just start by climbing under there. Let's look at the basic things. Yeah. And somewhere on that bell housing, there's a part number. And you can cross reference that part number online and, I mean, is this right? Is this not right? But I mean it is. At the end of the day you got a what, a three oh two with a T five, there's a million bell housings for this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
6: Well hey, I appreciate it, guys. That I didn't think about the, the drive shaft either. That's mm-hmm. yeah, I
2: Perfect. Give it a look at Unfortunately, Ford had a little bit of they would use a lot of different things on a lot of different vehicles and nothing was standardized. And that's kind of why you'll see a lot of Fords out there with Chevrolet stuff in it with drivetrains and transmissions and things like that, because uh, the transmission on a, you know, a late model vehicle will bolt up to a 65, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, block. So they've pretty much standardized a lot of stuff where Ford and Chrysler just didn't do that. And, and you're right. A lot of things will bolt up, but aren't aligned properly, which we're finding out.
3: Yeah. There's but, always something But small. once you get to the
2: end of it, you'll go, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but try those two. See, well, see where you come up with that. If not, All right. I'm, thanks, gentlemen. Yep. Keep us up. Uh, keep us up to date and let us know if we can help more. Yeah. That's just one of those hot rodder kind of things, isn't it?
3: I've been down that road a yeah, lot. I've been down, I'm still walking down yeah, that just, road. Yeah,
2: and that's part of building the car, and it's part of having fun with it and trying to figure it out. Putting transmission in or after transmission in ain't no fun, but no, uh, finding the problems. Yeah, finding the problems fun. All right. That was another week. Kyle went fast. Yep. So 558-1110 five, five, is the numbers to get in. Give us a call. We had a lot of great callers this week, and uh, we'll try to help you out next week. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.